Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armin. Uh, so I was sitting down to write the other day and then I had to get up again right away because uh, I didn't have my tea. And this is a thing that I've done to myself and I've realized it. It's almost a problem. I always have a cup of tea when I work, um, especially when I'm, when I'm writing stuff. And it's a nice little sort of like ritual, but it also means that when we're out of milk, I basically can't work. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, I'm exaggerating only slightly, but it's like I sit down and because – I don't know if it's, you know, I've, I've sort of created the bubble, like it signals to my brain, it's time to work. And mm. I mean, yes, I could learn to drink it without milk, but I don't want to. Uh, but it kind of made me want to talk about, you know, the little rituals or habits or routines that we have around making that maybe aren't directly related to the actual making. So like I have my tea. Again, sometimes it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> when I'm working in my pottery studio, I like to listen to podcasts and I think it would feel weird if I couldn't, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. sure that there are tons of things like that, that people do from like, you know, maybe you light a specific candle uh, when you want to paint or uh, Joe March has a special writing hat that she wears in Little Women. Basically, what you're saying is we're all Pavlov's dog. <laughs> pretty right? much, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I was wondering, do you do you have any rituals to get ready to do things? I was thinking about this and I think there are rituals, but I don't really specifically associate them too much with what I'm doing. Like I know that in the, I, I have a hard time editing podcasts anytime besides after lunch with a cup of coffee. Uh, and it, that, is where like I feel like okay I'm ready to edit this podcast I get distracted any other time that I try and and work like that so maybe that's one of them um when I go to the studio I feel weird if I haven't showered <laughs> like I mean I guess I should feel weird if I hadn't showered no matter what but I feel like I can do anything in my house before taking a shower but I can't go over to the studio and feel productive unless I'm like all showered and ready to go um, that sounds like kind of the parallel to you know, if you work from home, you should wear real clothes to feel like you're going to work. And maybe you've associated showers the same way, like you're respecting your workplace. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> because like, I don't know. I sometimes think I'm like, just go, just go to the studio and, and paint. You're going to get messy anyway. Like, why are you getting ready? And it's like, I can't get myself motivated to go until I've gotten ready. So maybe that's one of them. Is there anything that you like to wear? That's not like because you know, these are clothes that it's okay if they get painty. Is there anything that you're like, ooh, I really like wearing, I'm trying to think of what it would be, my special shirt. <laughs> I have to take off my shoes. Like I have to just have no shoes on. <laughs> like, I can't Barefoot paint. or sock feet? I can't, I can't paint with shoes um, either. It depends on how cold it is. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go either way, um, barefoot or, or sock, but definitely no shoes. I feel really, <laughs> I, can't, I can't paint with shoes on. <laughs> I like that, that like I'm not a shoe or a sock person. I prefer just being barefoot. It is also, I think, a little bit about like liberation, freedom, not in the like, oh, the man is holding me down, but just like I feel less <laughs> constricted if I'm not in in shoes. Um, but because I, I was thinking to you about my things, one thing that I don't know if it counts, but I think it do is I often, if I'm sitting down to work at my desk, I like to sort of, you know, clear it off, like take take messes off and like make make neater little piles or I feel maybe it's again though like respecting your workspace thing uh I like to listen it's funny because I, I was talking about podcasts and I listen to podcasts when I do a lot of things 
but not if I'm working at my desk. Like, I, for some reason, I associate watching, like, uh, sort of low-effort YouTube videos with doing admin work. I could just as well listen to podcasts and, you know, like, do invoices and go through my emails. But for some reason, I will have, um, like, YouTube videos on my second screen, which is weird because I'm not looking at them. It would make more sense to have podcasts. That's not that weird because I totally do that when I'm editing pictures. I have up a um, like a series on Netflix or something that I've seen a million times or a movie that I'm really, really familiar and comfortable with. I have that playing behind my Photoshop screen that's like up while I'm editing photos. So it's like so company I, more than... Yeah, because I can't listen to anything new because mm-hmm. something new distracts me too much. Um, I can listen to something that is old and comforting, you know, like that I like. But And music also tends to distract me when I'm working. If I get really into the lyrics of music and the mood of music, I can't, I can't have it on because as soon as like the mood changes or something changes in the music, I'm like, well, that's it. It just ruined everything. Like I can't <laughs> be torn out that way. But with something like a podcast or a TV show, it's um it's just more just background noise really especially if it's a a podcast that isn't that new or exciting you know what i mean like it's just kind of talking um which i find actually my brother my brother and me i listen to that a lot that's been my new my new one that i listen to while i'm painting because it's kind of funny and it's light but like i can miss a whole bunch and it's fine and i could jump back in so that's been my new comfort podcast. But yeah, it's definitely, it's a big deal about what you are consuming while you're creating. Yeah. Like I, for certain kinds of writing, like when I'm writing, writing, when I'm writing a big sort of story for a paper, or if I'm doing book writing or creative writing or whatever, I will listen to music without lyrics. I like, um, Soma FM is this like online radio station that has tons of different channels or stations or whatever you want to call them. And some of them are fun. Like there's Underground 80s, which I can listen to for other things. And there's one that's called Secret Agent Man, which is all just like 60s glamorous agent music. But they also have these like weird like ambient or space station channels, which just have, again, very like low effort, low distraction music, like it's kind of just electric and soft. And I will put on headphones, even though I'm not like disturbing anyone else. And it it's again, that I'm sort of stepping into the zone, where you're like telling, telling your brain like, okay, now it's, it's time, the playtime is over, it's time to be serious. I also like to set a timer, but that's not as much as a ritual, just that like, I just have to trick myself into productivity. I have to trick myself a lot. I once um, gave myself one peanut M&M for every 20 minute writing session. I love Be- that. It's it's like potty training with gummy bears. <laughs> Pretty much. Because I was just like, and it wasn't that I was like, well, I won't do it unless I get it. I was just like, well, I need to somehow mark to myself that I did a good thing. So it wasn't even like a reward as, as much as an acknowledgement. Almost. See, I wish I could do that to like trick myself because I do that all the time. I'm like, look, just sit down, just do the work. And then you could have a treat. You could have a nice little treat and it will make you so happy. And what do I do? I go and get the treat anyway, because I convince myself. I'm like, you know what? You're a grown up. You get to make your own decisions. <laughs> Screw this. I'm going to go get a piece of chocolate and have it while I'm working, not after. <laughs> like So it's and then I have another one after and then that becomes problematic. But like, yeah, I can't. I don't have the personal discipline 
for any of that. And I think because I realized I don't have the discipline, I'm like, okay, how would I treat a toddler? <laughs> That's basically it. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's also even just like the reward is that you get to watch an episode of something that you actually want to watch instead right now. Um, which again, like I could just skip doing the thing and just go right into what, but, but I, I'm like, I have to be my own mom sometimes, I think. So what do you do when you aren't disciplined enough? This is more of like a, a, a larger hypothetical question moving. Oh, totally hypothetical. Topic. I've never, never <laughs> not been disciplined. <laughs> like, so you're talking about getting in the mood to make something. And we talk often on this podcast about making something by choice because it's a hobby and it's fun and you want to do it and it's a creative outlet and there's all these like wonderful things but yet we still have to find a way to motivate ourselves to often make things because of various anxieties or ways you get caught up or ways you feel guilty for not doing your real work because you're doing your you know your fun work and then you never do the fun work uh because then it becomes feels like it's real work all of these things get get clouded all together and here we are talking about finding a ritual to get yourself into this kind of work what if there is no ritual what if it's like this weird ephemeral ethereal feeling feelings right like what if it's just the way i feel like all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like oh my gosh i just have to make this thing like there's no way to manifest that there's no way to be like all right i have my tea i have my peanut butter candy i have <laughs> my clean desk i'm gonna sit down and and feeling just get here and then it doesn't show up I mean, I feel that sometimes when I go over to my studio where it's like, all right, I have the time, I have the energy, I am awake, I have my food, I have my music or my podcast or my TV show. I have all of the things that should make me feel like this is going to happen today. And then it doesn't happen. I don't know. There's like a guilty feeling in all of that. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then there's also like that, that, that kind of reaching feeling or that that a little bit of depression where it comes in and sneaks in well if i can't make this happen on the best day am i ever going to be able to make this happen and it's like this weird waiting for the muse to strike like it is real like the idea of the artist talking about the the muse it's really out there and I think that what we're talking about today is kind of a, a way to summon our muse in a way. And or how do we actually just, like, do that? Tell her, uh, like, depending on or the ritual, him. it can also just be like, you know, telling, telling your muse that you're in, in the house, you know, like setting, mm -hmm. like turning on your, uh, vacancy sign. I don't know where, like, yeah, but just I, like, I took off my shoes. I'm lying on the floor. Yeah. I like not even, here. not even <laughs> tricking, but like sometimes tricking. And just being like, hey, I, I put I put peanut butter candy on the floor for you. Uh, or trying to just like let the muse know that you're there and open. I mean, you could even get as far as like starting the, the project, right? Like you could mm -hmm. be like, okay, I have all my paints. I squeeze everything out like or whatever you're working in. I have all of the materials ready to go. And you start to make the thing and it just keeps failing. Like it never actually happens. Uh, so there's that too. And I think that anyone who has tried to create something knows this feeling really deep down even people who are doing something that you wouldn't necessarily categorize as creative like even someone who is uh programming which i still i think is cr very creative because it's problem solving and you have to 
think for yourself and make things. But people out of don't think of it as artistic. Like. But yeah, it's like I still have to sit down and do this job, and sometimes it just it doesn't happen. Um, there is actually, I'm going to transition myself here. Um, I was just listening to the program Back to Work with Merlin Mann and um, Dan Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Merlin, as he's been on our program before, he brings up some of the most interesting things. And he was talking about recently something very relevant to this topic. And it's the idea of a creative space or person. You have all of these different people in you. And these different people kind of help you work through a creative process or a project in different ways. And I'm going to pause for a second and look this up so I can tell you more about it. And I think that maybe it can become a book that we read and we can talk about together because it feels very relevant to our podcast. Okay, I found it. So it is called um, A Whack on the Side of the Head, How to Be More Creative. And it's a pretty old book. But as Merlin was... <laughs> it, it's the same age as Tiff. That's why it's funny. <laughs> hey, um, that's saying I'm pretty old. I'm you said old. it. I didn't. That's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> but it has these categories that as and and Merlin was saying in his podcast, um, that that this was the part that really stood out to him. And, and it kind of separates a person into having these roles in finding creativity. And you have the explorer, the artist, the judge, and the warrior. And each of these parts of you kind of do different things and kind of a checks and balances interaction with themselves where, you know, you go out and you you look for something creative you have the idea you 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 decide whether you want to do it and then you go forth and pursue and i just think that that's kind of a really cool way to think about it and it's kind of like a a life hacky i hate that but a way to convince yourself into creativity where it might feel more tangible than waiting for the magical muse to come and hit you because i don't know about you but as kind of an artistic person, I tend to give in to the emotions a little bit too much sometimes when it comes to creating. And even though I try and be a more realistic person in my life, I often will just think of creativity as this fleeting feeling that I just need to wait for. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are ways through whether it's, you know, getting your ritual tea um, to, to start that process or a just kind of a different mindset of I'm going to tell myself that like, this is how I'm going to find what I want to create and motivate myself into creating it. Yeah, just looking quickly at what I'm reading about this book is, I always like when even even when sort of self help books or books about whatever it might be, when they have like, here's my simple six step process, uh, it can feel a little sort of regimented. But I like that most of these seem to be about basically like, you know, kind of like relax, have fun. It's not that big a deal, kind of. Like just you can always find like approaches and ways to be creative. But I think it comes back to, you know, what do we actually mean by creative or productive, which like productivity is, you know, one of the main themes of a lot of what Merlin does on his, you know, different endeavors. Because like creative, it's so easy to think that that means like the sort of ethereal, artistic coming up with things where it really should be like, I am someone who creates things. I make things. 
Uh, and the same like with, with productivity, it's like you have to produce and that has to be, you know, a finished high quality thing. But it doesn't like you can be like, I think maybe that's that's the thing, too. Like when you're sitting there and you're waiting for the muse, maybe the muse is like standing right next to you trying to like hit you over the head with like a, a, a foam mallet. But you can't see or feel it because you're expecting a very specific kind of muse. Like the muse is supposed to just pour a finished oil painting or a finished novel just like into your head so that you can <laughs> just sort of, you know, rub like uh, like you know, like rub transfer it onto the screen or the canvas. But maybe the muse is just like, today is, today is more of a a paint the same little corner over and over again, because that's what I have for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Or maybe this is the day when I write eight really, really bad character studies, which I either delete or put in a folder that I never want to look at again. But that's as much as I have that day, kind of. Because... That's what I try. Like, I think I have, I think I have like basically three things that I do when I'm stuck like that, where I'm just like, all right, I'm ready. I'm here. I have my tea. I have my comfy writing pants. You know, like I'm, I'm there. Actually, no, I'm going to say I have four things. The fourth is that I just give up and go away, which is, I think, sometimes <laughs> a valid, valid choice. As oh, long yeah. As it's not the, the only choice. And I think like first is not giving up and going away, but like stepping away for a little bit. Like in, in my office here, I have this like day bed. And so I'll just like, all right, I'm going to lie in my day bed for 10 minutes and play a stupid cell phone game or like read Twitter or Reddit or something or look up weird dresses on Pinterest, something else. But it's like, it's an active choice because for me, at least if I had spent those 10 minutes sitting at my computer or sitting with some sketch pads or something and sitting there and feeling like I am not producing I'm the worst. I'm not creative. I don't have any discipline, whatever. That that feels really bad. Whereas if you're like, if you make the active choice, I'm not going to make for these 10 minutes. Sometimes it's like that just shakes it loose because you don't get stuck in that rut of I am the worst, you know? And then I sometimes I'm just like, all right, today I'm going to be bad at this. We're just like, all right, I'm just because and it's not with the like, I'm going to trick myself into uh, it always happens when you're not looking. It's not like a tricking thing because sometimes it, that also shakes something loose and you're like, all right, I got a little bit done. And sometimes it really is just like, okay, this is just this is just a pile of mush and it's bad. But you sort of get into again, like you, you sort of relax a little bit and you're like every every day, like productive doesn't have to mean good. And then sometimes I try to find the little things like around the edges, like you start with the edges of the puzzle almost. Like, mm -hmm. okay, is there anything I can do that doesn't need me to be creative or good? Like, can I, for writing, for instance, can I do research? Uh, or if I was going to draw something or try to think of a way to construct a dress, maybe it would be like, I don't know, but sometimes it's just procrastination. Like, can I organize all my things? Um, but like, find the thing, like, for instance, for you, could you do some color studies? Like, okay, I need to, I want to figure out how to make this. I have the sunset in my head. I want to figure out how to get the best fade from pink to blue. And then it doesn't matter if what you've painted is something where like, hey, this is also pretty cool. This is a painting in its own right. Or if you're like, all right, this is getting painted over, but now I know, you know, if you want to try and feel that you've done something, there is almost always something you can do that's gonna get you a tiny bit of the way there but it definitely isn't what you wanted to do when you sat down you know 
Yeah, I was going to say um, something to that effect in that sometimes you end up making something that's totally unrelated to what you sat down intending to make. And I think that that's totally okay. Because like, I don't know if you just, maybe it's kind of the distraction of a shiny new project, right? Like, <laughs> oh, this is something totally different. Or you just get an idea based on what you were working on that kind of like shines a light on, ooh, well, what if I did this with this instead of that? And then you're off like in a totally different direction. And I think that that's fine too, because it's, you never know when that is going to strike, right? You never Mm -hmm. know when it's going to be like, just give you that, that light, that idea that. But you are more likely to be able to let it strike you if you're like, you know, near your paint and holding your brush Mm -hmm. and being like, all right, I'm going to see what happens. It's going to have a very hard time striking you and doing something with that strike or attack (laughs) if you didn't go to the studio because you're like, I'm not feeling it. Or if you left the second it didn't feel Exactly. Good. I sound so much like a mom right now. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, a lot of the times my personal technique for things like that is if I can't decide on something, I'm just like, how about all of them? <laughs> and Why sometimes that works out great. And other times it works out terrible and makes a brown pile of mush. Um, but, you know, hey, sometimes you just have to throw, what is it? Throw spaghetti at the wall. That's like a common. And see what sticks. Yep. Productive thing. Um, yeah. Throw spaghetti. And I and think tea. I realized also that I I have created for myself this really f- sort of funny, accidentally good creative catch 22 where because there are projects that I like that I haven't finished because, you know, I get bored or like I didn't like the way it was going. I often have little things that I can finish up. Like if I'm thinking about like really, really hobby stuff and then I could just like take them out of a box and be like, hey, this just needs a hem. And then I get that rush of finishing something. And seriously, like it can have been waiting for a ridiculous amount of time. And I'm like, this just needs a hem or hey, the zipper or what I mean, like little things. And I'd be like, wow, I finished this. And I get the, the rush and the boost. And then I'm energized to do the thing that I actually wanted to do. <laughs> I'm not recommending abandoning and procrastinating. But sometimes it can also have good effects. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you procrastinate one thing to finish another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you think that... Because, like, you know, the pros and cons are kind of like the, the, the cons are that if you can't get the thing, you know, if you don't have your... your uh, lucky Super Bowl underpants, then it's a, it's a crisis. Um, and I'm sure some people would think it's a, a crutch, but crutches are very useful tools uh, and aids. But, you know, the, the pros can be that, like, you set yourself up for feeling like this is the thing. So I'm wondering, like, should we intentionally create them? Like, should we intentionally be a little maybe self-helpy or be a little sort of Instagrammy and be like, you know, the candles and I always wear this one hand lotion that I only wear when I'm making so that I know, okay, for some hobbies, that would be really weird because you're all goopy. But like, you know, like setting yourself up to know that like this, either we only do this thing when we're going to make or we always do this thing when we're going to make. So you're like, you're triggering your brain into like a sense memory or a place memory or something like that. Like I'm trying to think of what what could I do to make myself again not productive in the like quantitative monetizing way, but productive in like I'm gonna be able to start, you know? 
I mean, I think that there is definitely benefit to it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting yourself into like a comforted environment and mood. And I think sometimes the ritual gets us started because it is the idea of I'm not making anything yet. I'm not creating the thing that I have the anxiety over yet. First, all I need to do is make a cup of tea. I can make mm-hmm. a cup of tea. Anyone can make a cup of tea, right? Like I could I could definitely do that. I can then after the tea, I can definitely light a candle. After that, I can definitely clear the few things off of my desk that I need room for. Like doing these things and then once you've you've accomplished the little things, it's almost like making a list and and crossing off like make list as your first <laughs> item. Um because like it just it feels good that you have accomplished something um instead of diving into the big thing it's like you can't make a list for yourself that says you know finish project like what does that mean <laughs> like you can't you can't do that because it's going to take so long for you to actually cross it off uh so like you break it down into smaller things so it feels manageable you you can't eat the whole pizza in one bite you have to you know have the slices and the bites and like you have to do all this so i think rituals and things around creativity in addition to being around something like around productivity, uh, these can be extremely helpful tools. And I think if you get into the point where you have to have it so much that you can't do anything without it, uh, that becomes problematic. I mean, maybe have like some backups. (laughs) Like maybe that's (laughs) the smart thing. Like have a few different types of tea that you rotate. So it's like, okay, I have tea, but I can have any tea. Yeah, I now have uh, in in our little basement pantry, there's a couple of packages of like long life, like long shelf life milk, Mm -hmm. shelf life milk. That's really hard to say. Yeah. So that if I run out of regular milk, I will hopefully still be able to work. Right. So you're like, oh, or I just I need a drink. Like I need any drink, um, whether it, if maybe it's a hot day and I want an iced tea and so I have an iced tea drink. Maybe it's the afternoon when I'm feeling creative and I'm going to make myself a cocktail. Hell, screw it, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like there, as long as there's like variety that you can realistically accomplish those little ritual goals before you sit down to actually do something, I think that that's, that's a lot healthier than I need this one tea and this one candle <laughs> and this one type of light. Like yeah. if the light's coming in the window a different way, it's over for me. Like get some, you know, get some blinds or, or, or a lamp. Like, how, like you gotta, you gotta make it so you aren't setting yourself up for failure. I think it's, like I was saying in the beginning, like taking yourself seriously and kind of maybe also just like acknowledging that you're about to do it sort of like I I appreciate how certain cultures have very specific rituals, even for small things. Like, you know, people joke sometimes about how Marie Kondo, for instance, greets a house, but it's like, she just like acknowledges that a certain process is about to begin. And it's not like if if that doesn't happen, nothing can happen. It's just like, this is how I like to do it. But I think at the same time as taking it seriously is maybe taking it childishly, like the way the the book that you were mentioning, and I feel like we should read that and talk about it together. I mean, like the, the way the book seems to like whack you out of your routine, kind of like I, I'm realizing that, you know, the and I think I've talked about this with someone in the past that the, the peanut thing, peanut M&M thing is also kind of like, you know, you can't take yourself that seriously if you have this like lined up by color row of peanut M&Ms on your desk that you know you can eat after every 20 minute writing spurt or whatever, like you can't, there's no way you can take yourself very 
seriously and like I'm an adult, serious, capital A artist, capital W writer when I have my little rainbow of peanut M&Ms. And like, I think you can also find rituals like maybe you always sing the theme from the reading rainbow or you... Great. Thank you for putting that in my head. You're the worst. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like maybe you just like... Kind of like you know, shake. I can go anywhere. Sorry. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get sued now? Um, but you know what I mean. Like kind of like you know, you you shake your muscles loose. Uh, maybe yeah. at the beginning of a, of a gym class, and then you can't take yourself seriously because you just like gumbied around a little bit. So it both. Oh, I think you just hit on something. It's like warming up for exercise. You can't just go running. Like you're gonna hurt yourself, right? Like you can't. You can't do that. You have to stretch. Uh, if you if you do just go do sports, you will hurt yourself. So maybe that's like similar to creativity where you have to do a little warm up. So a ritual, it's kind of like a little warming up. You're warming up. But also, you know, sometimes people like wearing specific leggings because they're pretty. They're not necessary, but they're a fun part of it. And I think also after warming up, if you want to, you know, run like Phoebe from Friends, yes, it might not be serious and effective, but you have fun doing it. You know, like that kind of thing. Just like... If you shake out all your, you know, mental and physical stress and just like wibble wobble around and eat peanut butter M&Ms. Wait, they were peanut M&Ms before. Eat whatever M&Ms you want. I like the crunchy ones. <laughs> Those are good. Especially from the freezer. Oh, yeah. Are, do you think that you're generally like, I don't know if you'd call it superstitious, but are you like in general a ritual or routine person? I'm a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> You're average stitious. Yeah, I'm averagely stitious. Um, I I don't believe in the the hoopla. You know that like I don't believe in the finality of a lot of superstitions. But at the same time, I kind of like the comforting idea of superstitions. Like there's like this one truck company. It's it's very. This is a very strange. Uh, thing to say but there's this one truck company that my mom would always say like if she saw that truck company she felt like i'm gonna have a safe journey right like i don't know why that that's a thing um but she did so now whenever i see that truck when we're like traveling on a long road trip or something i'm like oh that's nice like i just smile like i don't really believe that the me seeing this truck is going to prevent me from getting into a car accident but like that's just like one of those nice little like I just remembered it. It just makes a little connection in my brain um, where I just remember something nice. And I feel like a lot of rituals will do that for me where I don't I don't get into the I don't I don't get into like the the deep seated, um, you know, soul crushing aspect of a lot of um, a lot of that. But I I like the little twinge it gives me in my brain of remembering something. I was about to set off now into long lecture about how most superstitions have a very logical base, but that's another podcast, another episode. But like, I like having certain things that are just like the same. Like, you know, this is how we always do it when we cook this particular food. Or I'm trying to think of any examples that don't sound crazy. Like I always go downstairs with the same foot, which is more just like a quirk. But you know what I mean? Like having little things that feel very philosophical, but they're just like acknowledging that you're a human and you're a person and there are things that make your experience a little bit more yours and maybe your family's a little bit more yours and your productive and creative process a little bit yours. Like 
I always, I don't, but like, for instance, like I always rotate my chair once before I sit down because I did that once and it was fun and now I always do it. And it's just, there is obviously a difference between the stuff that you don't realize that you do. Like when I suddenly realized that I had ruined my productivity if I didn't have milk. Um, but I think on top of that, you can also choose to do things like, all right, you know, my, my writing hat or something. I'm starting to think I, I, I'm listening to you and I'm listening to your stories. I'm starting to think I'm a little bit more um, uh, chaotic of a person <laughs> <laughs> where I just, you can't tie me down with your, <laughs> you can't tie me down with your rituals. Like, wow, I'll do what I want. Or as soon as something starts getting old, I'm like, what's new? <laughs> Maybe that's my ritual. <laughs> I like that. Changing. I like that. Th- I mean, for me, some of my like rituals and order things are because I'm so chaotic and confused that I'm like, all right, it's kind of the equivalent of like keys always go in the one place because otherwise they're nowhere and everywhere. Oh, all of my things are nowhere and everywhere. That's just <laughs> there's no possible way for me to possibly put something in the same place multiple times. Like it's just never going to happen. <laughs> all right to to kind of wrap up i'm curious because i feel like this is something that maybe would be more a you thing than a me thing and i'm not sure why i feel that way do you have any specific physical things that are part of your making like you really like having this one specific water cup or um you like always having fresh flowers or something in your in your studio i feel like you would be someone who because you really really appreciate beautiful things and i feel like you would be someone to be like, I really want to have this one thing when I'm when I'm making. I like things that I like. And I like <laughs> that's such a stupid statement. Um, I, I enjoy being surrounded by things that I find beautiful and remind me of something and are are just make me feel good. Right. So I do surround myself. I, I enjoy things um, in my presence when I'm making. I like having not just a a cup like a a jar that from a throwaway thing but like a specific jar like I have some of your pottery and I enjoy (laughs) having it around because it makes me think of you and it's like a connection to something in my life but it doesn't have to be that thing I have Mm -hmm. plenty of jars that like I just it's an old jelly jar right like I just use it because it's there and I have no problem using that instead of your beautiful pottery but it makes me feel better to use your beautiful pottery when I'm around it uh, if Mm -hmm. I'm in like different places or um Yeah. So it's like, I enjoy when my objects have intention and a history, but it doesn't stop me from doing anything if I don't have that thing, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. No, absolutely. Like, again, you know, respecting and loving yourself enough to have a pretty workspace, but it's not a necessity. I think for me, the necessities are more, again, things to counterbalance my general chaoticness. Like, I need a good chair because otherwise I will have the worst posture or try to work in bed and then I will just be a giant crampy mess. So that's not... I'm trying to think. Like, it's just tea is my thing. Uh, I have made a lot of... We can all be sure about the tea. (laughs) We can all be... Like, you can always count on that. I have made... Uh, tea in very weird places and hotel rooms. Again, this is why it's bad because if I'm traveling and have to work, I have to figure out a way to get tea. Like I have, sometimes it's hard to find small containers of milk and sometimes hotel rooms don't have fridges. So I will either like have the milk in the ice bucket full of ice or just accept that I'm going to have to buy like, you know, a quart of milk every day. <laughs> I think I think that's just a matter of, of making sure that everywhere you go, you are able to have 
T like the, the setting yourself up for, for, um, success, right? Yeah. Like if you are in, like my, my husband is often into, um, you know, very specific types of coffee. And if he cares enough about it on a certain trip, he will make sure he, he has packed and ready to have that coffee when he wants it. So it's like the idea of, okay, I know I'm going to want tea in every situation, even when I'm traveling. So how can I set this up for myself to have tea no matter what? It's just like um, making sure you have a travel watercolor kit if that's what you want to do when you're traveling. Like set yourself thank up you for, for... Thank you for normalizing and accepting me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's fine. Like you can, you can have any kind of quirks you want as long as you... Yeah, just, do, you know, don't set yourself up for... if And this is just out there to to the audience. Don't set yourself up for failure if you know you need a specific thing and you're trying to talk yourself out of it. Oh, I won't need it when I go. And then, but every time you end up going somewhere or changing anything, you end up feeling like you needed that thing. Just buy 12 of them or, or figure out a way to have a, a travel version or, you know, set yourself up so that the most important thing on your ritual checklist is always there for you. And I think that that is totally fine and okay. And that what it's what makes people interesting and unique. And I think I've told this story many times before, or this, this uh, sort of, I know, event phenomenon where I'll be like, you know, I really, I'm not going to bring a sketchbook on this trip. It's going to take up space and that. And then I want to buy a sketchbook and I'm like, I want to sketch and I'm either annoyed that I don't have one or I go buy another one, which is the last thing I need. Because if I'm like, well, I don't, don't need to bring it because I might only like, you know, draw once or twice. But it's just as silly to buy a sketchbook for the one, a new sketchbook for the one or two drawings I'm going to want to do on that mm-hmm. trip as to just, like, they're not that big. They fit in a bag, but I'll tell myself, just like you're saying, like, I'll be like, oh, no, that's silly. Oh, well. You know what? This is this is an episode where I really, really would love to hear from you listeners about your rituals and, and routines and clearly – I have absolutely no foot to stand on to think that anything anyone else does is weird. And I don't think I would either way. But I'm really curious, like things that either you need or that trigger you into being productive or maybe that that will sort of lock you up if you if you don't have them or candles or music or whatever. I would I would love to hear hear about that. Me too. And you can go find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do and we're make do pod on Twitter and Instagram and you can hashtag make do pod with all those answers of all of your rituals. And you can find us individually at Tiffany Arment and Julia Scott S K O T T. Our email is make do pod at Gmail. So there's so many wonderful ways to get in touch with us. And we really do read all the stuff you send and we appreciate it and love it. And we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do Well, first make some tea and then go make and do.